0: Psychic wife, psychic mom, psychic friend. Many are often curious of how being psychic affects one's daily life. On a day in the life of a spirit channeler, you will get the inside scoop, storytelling style from those that know and love me. Hey, it's Vanessa Ian's Pure Spirit Channeler here, back with my ongoing co-star, my amazing hubby of 23 years, Mr. T.
1: What's up?
0: <laughs> so this is crazy, but we've only done one episode of A Day in the Life of a Spirit Chandler. It was the very first one. We um, sent it out on February 14th on Valentine's Day. Correct. And it's so crazy because we talked about our humble beginnings, like telling about our relationship and how it started and blah, blah, blah. And then, since then, (laughs) we had another major life event, and this one is is of a a crazy, wild, unexpected nature.
1: Um, See that coming?
0: Yeah, my husband had a stroke on March the fifth, and so in this podcast, we're going to tell you exactly what happened. It has relevance to the podcast, and as you know, the podcast unfolds our storytelling today. Um you'll understand why. Why is it relevant to a day in the life of a spirit channeler? So <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a normal day in the life of a spirit channeler, by the way, although I have been through a lot of kind of traumatic, unexpected events and and things. I, I tend to kind of attract that. It's weird. like. But
1: you keep it moving.
0: Yeah. That's but like that time at, at the school, when I went to drop my kids off and like this other kid was having a freaking seizure in the back seat and he'd never had one before. Yeah. Why do I, it's like, what, why am I in these situations?
1: <laughs> it's like it finds you.
0: Yeah, it does find me. It feels like it finds me anyway. So I'm going to let my husband start with the events of the morning of March the 5th. If you haven't um, been following my post on Facebook, I was doing daily updates um, every single day. It's kind of slowed down a, a bit now, but um, if you'd like to go and just read up on yeah. kind of the day by day happenings that um, occurred from the fifth on, I definitely have been posting them on my Facebook page. Um, just go and find me Vanessa Ian's. I tried to post them on my business page, but I think I kept forgetting it. It was a lot going on. So anyway, if you want to follow on. it, go for it. Yeah, go friend me on Facebook. If you haven't, if you haven't done that, find me Vanessa Ian's Pure Spirit Channeler, or forward slash. Pure spirit chain or some something like that. Anyway. So, babe, I'll let you okay. start what happened on March the fifth. So, by the way, if you guys don't know, a stroke can kind of affect your speech. So just uh, so you know, <laughs> he hasn't been drinking. This is just well, a stroke. <laughs> yeah,
1: I am. Yeah. Um, March 5th. Let's March start there. 5th. Yes. Um, I started to brush my teeth mm-hmm. for work. At around 6 o'clock, my alarm went off. And you know what you do in the bathroom around that time. And next thing I know, I saw two of me in the mirror was like, oh, that's not right.
0: (laughs) Some ain't. This ain't right. Some
1: ain't right. So then my foot started acting weird. And I dropped my toothbrush in the sink, I think. Or on the floor. Wherever. Not important. I was like, some ain't right. And so... I made my way in that dark ass hallway all the way back to the room and dove in the bed and it's like, babe, something ain't right. Mm-hmm. That's when I, I heard you call nine one one. You can tell them now what you heard.
0: Yeah. So it, it was crazy. Cause I didn't, the night before I'd actually done, um, I do free live readings on my page, um, weekly on Thursday nights. And so this was Friday morning, March the 5th. And so that Thursday night I had done a a live and it was like, like two hours long. And I just, I couldn't shake this feeling. It just felt like this ominous, um, energy and just like this darkness. And it was like, wait, what is happening? And that, that night, that day before I'd actually gotten some kind of like weird random psychic attacks and even messages and stuff of like, People accusing me of being fake, just stuff that's always happened. And by the like, way,
1: you are the realest person I know. Aww. No, I'm serious. Thanks. The man. real talk. Um, because even though we've been together 23 years, I'm not saying what I'm saying because we've been together 23 years and you got me on this mic. I'm saying that because it's coming from the bottom of my heart. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. You oh. understand? Go ahead. I'm okay. sorry.
0: That's okay. So anyway, that night before it, it was really weird. It's like, I don't normally go and watch every single moment of all of my readings, but for one, for whatever reason, I went back and watched the replay and I came into the bedroom. Um, cause I had, I just had this funky feeling, you know, and it was like, spirit was kind of like trying to alert me to something, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And so then I came to the bedroom and my husband who was never asleep at that time was completely asleep, like he was knocked out. And I was like, Oh, you know, poor baby, you must be tired. He's, he's had a, you know, rough, a uh, few weeks, because um he had actually had a, a partial tear in his rotator cuff. And so he had been struggling to sleep, you know, obviously, that's not comfortable. So it's hard to get comfortable at night. And so when I came in and saw that he was asleep, I thought, Oh, you know, he'd wore himself out today at work or whatever. But I can't, I can't, you know, skip over the fact that when I first walked into the room, my very first impression was this heart stopping pause when I saw him sleeping. And it was like, he's just sleeping. Like I talked myself out of that feeling that I got in that moment. There was something, you know,
1: sure, I never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first time I've heard that.
0: It. Yeah. It, it was and these are the things that I don't say out loud often. Right. So I don't go around like announcing like, Oh, you know, spirit gave me this feeling or this notion or whatever, but these are the things that are constantly occurring for me all All the the time. time. Yeah. And so, and, and the thing is, is, you know, when you're getting a message from spirit, it's like, you know, you have to press into it. It, it, You know, it's not something that's just like boom, bam. It's all, you know, super clear in the moment. Yeah. You got to put all the pieces together. And so, Anyway, when I first walked in the room, I had this heart stopping moment when I saw him asleep. And I was like, don't be silly. You know, he's just sleeping. And so I went over there. I put my hand on your chest and I was like, good night, babe. And you didn't say anything. So I was like, oh, he's really knocked out. And so I went back to doing what I was doing. And I was having some insomnia because of this feeling of like this ominous thing. Like I just couldn't shake this feeling. And I was trying to figure out what it was. And I was checking in and checking in and checking in, and it was just it just felt like an attack. It felt like I was being attacked. It felt like an attack right. and and so i was I couldn't go to sleep. and so I was up for hours and hours and hours. And I think I went to bed at like somewhere around twelve forty five one o'clock. When I got into bed at twelve forty five or one o'clock, I woke my husband up just by getting in the bed. So he woke up um. I don't know how far to go into that, but we had we had a husband and wife time moment or whatever. We were intimate. And um, and that lasted, you know, probably about 45 minutes to an hour. Right. So I would say that about 2 a.m. to 15, he went back to sleep. It still took me a few minutes. So I don't think I went to sleep till like 245 or three o'clock. So when my husband gets back into bed at like 620. okay. reflect. (laughs) Well, it wasn't that it was. I, I was so out of it. That's what I'm saying. I was so dead asleep because I'd only been asleep from three to six, so I'd only had like
1: three hours, three sleep.
0: hours of sleep. So I was still, you know, when you're real tired like that, it's so groggy and everything's oh, so yeah. like woo, woo like Trust it was just me, slow motion. So anyway, when he got in bed, I felt this kind of thump to the bed that woke me up, that you know shook me out of my sleep. But what what made me tune in was I heard him huff. He made these three huff noises. He was like, "Ah, ah, ah." and I was like, that's not normal. And as soon as I thought, what the heck is that? What is he doing? That's when spirit said stroke, call 911. And when spirit says do something just like I like
1: not oh yeah
0: i don't people hesitate. listen i immediately was like what the fuck and it was still dark in our room guys so i
1: remember that
0: <clears throat> yeah i couldn't see or the sun hadn't come up yet because it's 6 and i think the sun rises here right now at about 6 45 ish yeah and so i was like oh my gosh you know like it's dark i can't see him i just heard the noise i heard spirit i i was like and i literally I popped up in bed and I said, what the fuck? And I grabbed my phone and I dialed 911. As the phone rang, I said, babe, what's going on with you? And he said something. And then he paused like he was stuttering almost. Something's going on with my right side and my lip.
1: I remember that. Do you remember that? I remember that. Okay. Okay. So then from my recollection, these paramedics arrived.
0: Yeah, and, and there's a I lot remember, more that happened in between there, but
1: see, you just remember. I stuff. remember, like, like, like I said before, like having amnesia. Right. You, I never had amnesia before. This is my first time, my first experience, and it was like I remember, but I don't remember. I remember, but I don't remember. So I remember three M T EMTs and they was asking me Kobe questions, and I saw you getting upset, and then I blacked out again. Then I remember getting into the ambulance and I remember looking up and seeing Jaden, my youngest son, and he had this look on his face like he was concerned. I'm like, what's going on? And I remember them putting me in the ambulance very casually. And I remember riding off and not hearing no lights. And I remember arriving to the hospital and blacked out again. I remember them trying to all the trips to the hospital, it was like it was a, well, it wasn't a very long trip and I knew why I knew where they was taking me, but I remember them trying to hold him down, be still, hold him down. I'm like, what? what, what
0: do you mean? Hold me? Okay. So let me tell you <clears throat> my side. Well, I was seeing, okay. so, so whenever I, I call it, she said, um, he said, something's wrong with my right side, uh, or something's happening right. As he was at the exact same time, he said, something is happening he stopped. He stuttered. And he said, with my right, he said, something is happening with 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 my right side, my right lip or no, my lip is numb. And while as exa- I mean, literally at the same time he was saying that the lady was on the phone saying nine one one, what's your emergency? That's
1: what I heard. And, and I, don't remember nothing and I else. said,
0: ma'am, I need someone, you know, and I gave my address very quickly. I, My husband, I think my husband's having a stroke. I believe my husband's having a stroke or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And at the exact same time, I'm jumping up out of bed, trying to turn on the light. I'm stripping off my night clothes, putting on clothes. I'm grabbing his wallet, his phone. No, I take that back. I'm (laughs) stripping off my night clothes. (laughs) I got on some joggers and my bra. And then she's saying, ma'am, stay on the line. And now she starts asking me all these COVID questions. And I'm running through the house with my bra and my joggers on into my boy's room waking them up. I'm like, guys, get up. She's asking me these questions. I was like, lady, he doesn't have COVID. That's not what's going on. Boys, I need you to wake up, go a outside, make sure questions. that the, uh, you know, the ambulance doesn't miss the house. Uh, because we live on a one-way street. So if they pass us, they're going to have to make the block. And I was freaked out about that. I was like, no, they're not going to, no, they're not going to miss us. So you guys go stand out there mm-hmm. and wave them down. And so they're like, what, what? Okay. You know, they're, they're dead asleep. I'm this is how I'm waking them up. You know, that was kind of crazy, but whatever. Awkward. And then yeah. as I'm in the room, she's still trying to ask me questions she wants me to answer. And I hear my husband from the bedroom starting to yes, heave like yeah. he's about to vomit. So I was like, oh, shit. So I ran in the bathroom, Damn, grabbed the know. trash can, um, brought it into him. And he's, by the way, he's laying, now he's laying on his his left side and his right side is convulsing. So his his right arm and his left right leg are slapping the bed continuously. And I can tell that I haven't even been able to look him in the face. Like I'm, I'm so focused in on getting the ER crew here and the lady's asking me all these questions. And I finally was just like, are they on their way or not? Yes, ma'am. They're in route. And I'm like, okay. She goes Stay on the line with me. I said, I'm going to put the phone down on the nightstand. She goes, well, I need to know when they get there. I said, you'll hear them. <laughs> And I just set the phone down because I didn't have time for all of that COVID stuff. I knew that this is yeah. not what's going on. And so anyway, um, so I hear the the sirens. I come outside and they're trying to, you know, bring the stretcher into the house, which we live in a hundred year old house. Our hallways are very narrow. I was like, guys, that is not going to fit in my house and I need you to just hurry up, get in here and get my husband. If you have to pick him up mm-hmm. in a sheet, carry him over your shoulder he needs to get to the hospital fast. And the guy's like, okay, okay. You know, and there's five of them and they're walking like turtles. And I was See, I so only angry. Three. I don't
1: no, remember three. No, there was five. five. Oh my God.
0: <clears throat> there was two ambulances and five people amongst the two. two. There was two. I don't
1: remember that. Two pulled up. I don't remember that.
0: So they come into the room and I'm, I'm still trying to get my clothes on. I think at that point I did have a shirt on before they got here. Thank God. I actually took my shirt on. <laughs> um, and so they come into the bedroom and as I'm running around trying to get everything adjusted, you know, pick up the vomit bucket, like whatever. One of the EMTs goes, um, ma'am, does his eye always do that. And I look over and my husband has a full facial droop and I looked at him and I said, no, and this is the reason why you need to hurry up and get my husband to the damn hospital. I was so angry because they were dragging their feet by this time. Here goes my husband. Like, you probably don't remember this, but they're like, sir, can you, are you going to be, do you think you can walk? Do you remember that?
1: I briefly, and then I blacked out again.
0: Okay. They said, sir, do you think that you can walk? And he was like, you were like, oh, sure. And you're like, but I need, you were like, babe, get my socks, get my shoes. I'm like, your socks and shoes don't matter right now. Go barefoot. Like, you got to go. But he was so out of it. Like at that point, you know, that was just automated stuff, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so I I said, okay, babe, that's fine. I'll do it. So I put his socks on his feet and then he put his house shoes on and they grab him from both sides and they're trying to get him to walk. But of course, his right side is completely out of control. Like he cannot function on his right side at all. And so my boys are standing on the porch. They come out with him. And that's what you remember waving at Jaden's. They were setting you on to the. Stretcher, and even when you raised up your right hand to wave at him, it was doing like it was waving. I
1: felt yeah, I felt that. Yeah, you didn't
0: have any control. And so,
1: but I'm right handed, so of course, I'm gonna use my right hand. Yeah, you're right,
0: (laughs) right. So, they put him into the ambulance. I was so pissed because they were sitting out there for at least a good one, two, three minutes. And at this point, guys, one thing that you have to understand. Neither my husband or myself knew anything about strokes at this point.
1: Not a thing. And I didn't know anything.
0: I didn't I didn't know the signs or symptoms of a stroke.
1: Not at that time I didn't.
0: Like when when I'm talking about it now, I'm talking about it from now an educated place because exactly. of what we all went Experience. through. But anyway, we'll talk yeah, we'll talk about that. So um oh God. The rest of it's so intense.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. You're doing a great job.
0: Do you remember when you got to the like first I said, hospital?
1: My remembrance picked up from I don't even remember it being two ambulances. I don't I didn't see that second ambulance. I remember one and three guys. Now was there three and one and two in the other? That's why I don't only remember th-
0: right. Yeah. There was- okay.
1: So to my recollection, I remember them trying to get my blood pressure.
0: In the
1: ambulance. In the ambulance. Uh huh. But they couldn't give me to stop
0: convulsing. Moving.
1: Apparently. Yeah. So instead of my arm, they tried it on my calf. Oh wow. On the same calf, on the same side, it was convulsing. That didn't make no sense. What you mean? Be still. Come on now. <laughs> be still.
0: <laughs> and you don't. You're not even aware that you're moving.
1: I really, well, I saw my leg moving around and I didn't know why. I, my arm, I would have lost focus of that. I was looking at my leg and, and they would turn him over. And that's when I bleh, just threw up everywhere. I, saw, I remember not being able to breathe. I right. remember.
0: Do you remember getting in the first hospital? And Well, you remember when I showed up.
1: I remember when you showed up.
0: Okay, so let me tell y'all. So he, he took the ambulance y'all I was so mad at myself for not getting in the ambulance with him but I just felt I don't know what I, why I just felt like I needed to go separately for some reason well for one you know the whole COVID thing that that was part of it because in my mind I was like they're not going to let me back there you mm-hmm. know um, anyway so my daughter I called my daughter I i was dealing with my my family here my boys and and all of that. And so I, I called my daughter to tell her what was going on. And she's like, mom, you know, let me drive you to a hospital. You don't need to try to do that. And I was like, you're probably right. And so she came and got me. Y'all, that time between when he left the house and when I got up to the, before I left for the hospital. I remember as soon as the ambulance pulled off and me and the boys came in, I looked at them and I said, our lives have changed forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was like, spirit was telling me like, your life has just changed forever. And then I, my boys were holding me as I was weeping and, and, and crying. They were both holding me. And I said, I want the best doctors. I expect him to have the absolute best doctors. That's what I want. I expect it. And I was telling my boys that they, if I could get them on here. And we, I may interview them over the whole situation.
1: <laughs> Who knows?
0: But I remember saying that distinctively to, you know, my, my sons. And then I called my daughter. And then that's when, you know, so that was the order of kind of things that were going on here. My daughter took me to the hospital. She dropped me off and she said, do you want me to stay or leave? And I was like, well, you know, our house is only like eight minutes from the hospital. You know, it's fine. Just go ahead and leave. They're not going to let both of us back because of COVID, you know? Mm -hmm. And so she was like, okay. And when I walked into that hospital room, the ER room, I had no idea that what I was going to, I, I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. In fact, I thought that, that you would be in some kind of surgery, to be honest. And that was my thoughts walking in is he's probably going to be in some kind of surgery. Now I'm going to go in here and try to get information or whatever. Mm, Paperwork. And when they told me, they didn't only tell me where you were. They walked me back to the room, which I thought was very odd. That's never happened before. And when I walked into that room and I saw two of those three EMTs on either side of my husband, who by the way I was not very happy with because they were moving like turtles um, at my house.
1: They didn't move much faster on the way there.
0: And when I walked in and saw one of them standing on one side of my husband with a with something in his hand, I wasn't some kind of tube. He had a tube in his hand, and then the, another one standing on the other side. And when I walked in, my eyes met theirs, and they both had red faces, and they looked down. They didn't want to look me in the eyes. Mm. And when I looked at my husband and saw the state that he was in, it, it was he was he was he was sweating he wasn't talking his body was froze up except for his right hand and the look in his eyes was like the worst look like i i i've never seen my husband sick like you know like you know what i mean like
1: i feel that and now, from an experience part point of view, what I experienced, like I said, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't talk, I couldn't communicate. I feel like just like a pair of eyeballs, like a like a vegetable. Mm. And I remember them cutting my shorts. I'm like, what did do you, you remember do? me walking in? Briefly, and then, like I said, I remember them cutting my shorts. No,
0: they cut. That's the second hospital when they cut your shorts. See, yeah, my no.
1: order is all right. off then i don't remember so you do
0: remember me walking in though
1: and it it was like uh they put me through a funnel was that the second hospital as well
0: no the first hospital i walked into the room
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: that's when you were you you were you wanted to communicate i remember that i remember
1: that but that's all i remember
0: okay i walked in and when i saw you like that i was like okay I should have came with him because nobody can hear, nobody can speak with him. But I am going, and I looked at you and I said, babe, you don't have to use your mouth. Remember, I'm telepathic. I remember that. Do you remember that? I remember that. And I said, I can hear you. Just think it. Look at me. Think it. Think it. And immediately I looked at the uh, EMT. I looked down at the hose and I realized it was a suction. I couldn't breathe. You told me you couldn't swallow, therefore you couldn't breathe. That's what I heard. You thought it and I heard I it. I
1: remember that.
0: And no words came out of his mouth. I couldn't. Right.
1: I tried. Right. I tried to, to say help.
0: And so I looked at the EMT and I said, suction his throat right now. And he goes, ma'am, I, we are. And I said, no. I said, do it right now. He's telling me he can't swallow. He can't breathe. Suction it and he put the suction in there, and you heard it just go like all this spit.
1: Um, man, that the EMT ride was terrible, I don't know which one it was. And then
0: that's when you started doing your hand like this, like come here, come here. To yeah, me, yeah, he was shaking his right hand, like come here, come here, like come closer. And then I started listening again, and he was saying, Give me a pen and paper so I can talk to you, yeah. And so I started digging in my purse for a pen and paper. And now, y'all, remind you, this is all happening telepathically. So everybody in the room is looking at me like I've lost my ever loving mind.
1: Yeah, you're cheesing smooth, smooth, slid off your cracker.
0: Because I'm like, I need a pen and a paper. And they're going, ma'am, ma'am, we need to tell you about your husband. I was like, just give me a minute. It's like, I was like, babe, I'm looking, I'm looking. And here's my husband not saying anything. But I'm like, I'm looking for a pen and paper. I'm looking. And I I looked over on the counter, I saw a pen. I pick I picked it up and I pulled out a receipt out of my purse. Yeah. And I, I handed it, was a it to you. Receipt. Yeah. Yeah. It was real long.
1: Long ass. And I, I'm and like, I, oh, thank you. Yeah.
0: God. And so I handed it to him. But then of course he didn't have control of his right hand. Your so brain when he went, plays
1: tricks on you. Yeah.
0: So when he went to try to write, he was he was throwing his right hand around. When he finally did land it with the paper, he was able to take the paper in his left hand and bring it up to his right hand, mm-hmm. which was kind of miraculous, to be honest. And you pulled it together. But when you went to try to write, you didn't have the right control over your right hand. So he just went straight through the paper.
1: And at that point, I remember y'all taking he got, it from me.
0: And then he got frustrated. I got
1: so frustrated. Like, why I can't and I said, write? baby
0: this is what's going on because you're having a stroke. And I was trying to talk to him because he couldn't understand. He, I heard his thoughts. He was saying, I don't understand. How come I can't write? And then the EMT says, sir, I'm going to need to take that from you. I'm afraid you're going to hurt yourself. And I was like, he's fine. And then I took the pen. Yeah. And that's when I started to tell, I was started to, I wanted you to, you were confused very, I heard confused. the confusion. I knew that you didn't understand. So I was like, babe, you're ha- You're having a stroke. This is what's going on. And I looked, the doctor at this point had come in, the nurse keeps trying to interrupt. And I'm like, I'm ignoring everybody. I'm listening to my husband's thoughts. I'm not listening. I'm listening to my husband only. And then when the doctor came in and said, um, ma'am, we're going to have to, to, to send your husband to Harris." Uh, in Fort Worth, another Methodist, hospital in Fort yeah. Worth. And I was like, why, what is going on? Why, why is this not, what is happening? And he said, it's too late to give him uh, a certain uh, IV medicine, medicine because the last well-known was 11 PM. And I was like, confused by all of that. I was like, what does that even mean? And then I was like, okay, but just break it down for me. I said, are y'all not giving him medication? Like, how come you can't do this now? And he said, we We need to send him to a hospital where they can manually remove the clot uh, because we don't do that here. That takes a specialist. Yeah. And I was like, well, and I turned and I looked at the EMTs and I said, well, I hope you better. I I started out with I hope. And then I said, no, you better get my husband there faster than you got him up here. And then I turned around to call my daughter. I said, I have to call my daughter. And the nurse goes, no, no, he's being transferred. I said, I heard all of that, but my daughter dropped me off and I don't have a ride to follow my husband. Oh, okay. Well, we need you to sign these forms. Okay. So I'm calling my daughter, signing the forms at the same time, babe, you're going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. Like I'm multitasking now. And I'm like, so upset, you know? And when I looked at him and I, and I said, baby, you're going to be okay. Like just hold on, hold on. And then he kept, he he kept telling me, I want to talk. I want to talk. I could hear it telepathically. I want to talk. And I was like, baby, just let it out then. And my husband, I know, he let out the most primal roar I think I've ever heard another human mate. It was the most Oh my god. Like that was and that lit me up because it was like it was real that he was in trouble and he was letting me know. And so I'm walking out. At that point they were wheeling him out to the ambulance to transport him. And he left my sight and I just remember I don't really even remember the moment that he walked, you know, his will through that door. I just remember next thing I know I'm in the parking lot and I am screaming at spirit at the top of my lungs. And I actually had called, um, I think I called my best friend. Cause I, all I knew is like, I've got to grab somebody to pull this energy through. Like i I felt like, I'm not, this is not how this is going down. Number one, I am not letting my husband go. <laughs> and I was screaming at spirit. So anyway, my daughter pulls up and, 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 the whole ride there, y'all, I was, I was going through literally physically everything in my body that I feel like my husband was going through. Cause you were talking about vomiting in the, in the, um, ambulance that the rough, the ride there. Was- so, yeah, the ambulance ride was was rough. Um, you know, I remember him telling me about that, you know, getting sick in the ambulance. And I was feeling the whole thing riding behind you. And I was screaming the whole time, and, you know, with my daughter driving, with my, my, you know, my friend on the phone. Like, I'm, like, pulling all the things in. I just felt like I was, like, I was holding on to his soul, carrying it with me. Like, you're not going to die. You're not going to, you know, like, this isn't... <laughs> happening I <laughs> like we're not the, doing it
1: yeah I felt because I don't remember the second ambulance trip at all
0: right and then when we got to the the new hospital that's when they cut your shorts because they were preparing you for surgery
1: the CT I remember briefly I woke up and I was gone again
0: yeah so a lot of these stories like he, okay so what I'm telling now or I, that's there's no details in that but I'll t- I'll tell I guess the details of what what all was happening with me but um what where my husband came into hearing these stories and knowing is after after the um the surgery. so he got a um, a surgery, basically a doctor by the name of Dr Fiesta we're giving we're giving Fiesta a shout out um, if you need details uh, you. anyway, he. Is amazing, like exactly what I I you know spoke into existence at the house he is when the best I said, of the best. yeah. We found out through a chain of events and just talking to other people that Doctor Fiesta is one of the top uh, most talented surgeons, yeah, radiology. intravenous radiology surgeons. So basically, what he had to do is they use radiology to view the clot. They went up into from my hoen, my husband, my Hohens, <laughs> <laughs> hey, my anyway. husband's growing area artery, his Hohens.
1: <laughs> I got one I'm of playing. those.
0: <laughs> play it um anyway, whoops, blooper. Um, anyway, no, they went up, uh, they go those. up through your growing up into the artery, artery, and he had a blockage in his what's called Vassar artery. This is all scientific, you know, for any nerds that want to look it up, but basically, it's, it's an artery kind of located in the in the back of your brain that goes um, around your brainstem. Mm. So he had a, a, a block that caused um, a lack of oxygen to the get nutrients. to his brain.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: specifically in the vascular artery, which affected his brainstem, as well as his cerebellum. So anyway, um, he went into the the surgery. My husband didn't find out all of this. I'll let him tell from his side of the story. Um,
1: when you know, I woke up. Yeah, yeah. When,
0: when he woke up. So.
1: Okay, I remember waking up the first time to Miguel. Mm-hmm. And you said it was somebody else. I don't remember to her. Mm-hmm. I remember Miguel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, how long I've been there, I don't know. How long?
0: Uh, that was probably day one or day i mean i'm sorry day two or day three. Oh my day God.
1: two yeah so i remember waking up to hey buddy hey how's it going i'm like who was who that he sounds friendly he sounds nice and i and that's how me and Miguel's bond started well apparently our bond started somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> and um he was like hey buddy how's how's it going and he was real nice to me and i'm like what happened he was like, you had a stroke. I'm like a stroke. He was like, you remember this? And I vaguely remember this, that, and the other. And he was like, yeah, you had a stroke. It's pretty serious. Um, Your wife will be here pretty soon. Yeah.
0: Like that. So he had woke up um, the next morning. I mean, listen, he was bucking everybody day one in the ICU after the surgery. Like they took him down to try to get a MRI. His first nurse that he doesn't remember. Um, she I tried to tell her, I was like, Can I go with you guys? Cause I can keep help keep him calm. Oh no, it'll be fine. We got this. And I'm like, okay, but I'm just telling you, I, you know, you're you don't know what you're in for. <laughs> My husband's not gonna be calm. And she's like, oh no, it'll be fine, you know? <clears throat> and so I was waiting in the room and they come back with them from the M- MRI. And she was like, girl, you never lied. She's like, he was bucking like a wild Bronco. I said, I tried to tell you, I, you know, I know my husband and he's still very conscious. Like he's, he's hearing everything that you're saying. So please make sure that everything that you do with him, that you're talking to him. Okay. And she was like, uh, okay. And again, I've got that look.
1: Yeah. Like, you don't know what uh, you're talking about. I don't about, know what look. I'm talking about. Cause I'm yeah. not a
0: medical professional. Yeah. Uh, but I told them, I was like, he can hear everything that you're saying. I mean, as soon as I came into ICU after the the surgery, I wanted to go talk to him. Oh no, we don't need you to talk to him and get him all upset or excited. And I'm like, we don't need to get him excited. I was like, but he can hear me already. And she's looking at me like, and she looks over at him. And of course, by outside appearances, his body is, you know, he's asleep. He's out. He's non-responsive. He's, you know, whatever. He's under sedation, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, he can hear me. I, I know when my husband's brain is active and when it's not like, I didn't want to tell her, like I'm telepathic, you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm trying to make all the excuses. Trust me. You know, I'm like, I'm his wife and I'm the voice that he needs to hear. You know, I'm trying to say all of that kind of stuff. All but anyway, the human
1: stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: All the human. And so, uh, so I walked in and I, and and she, at first she wouldn't let me and I had to keep talking to her. And then finally she was like, okay, you can come in, you know, but if he starts moving around when you're talking, Then we're going to have to, you know, have you, you know, stop talking or leave because at this point they had him in restraints because, you know, he had the, where they went in on his leg, his right leg couldn't be moved because of the surgery. And then they, they had his arms restrained because apparently he kept trying to pull out his intubation too, because they had to intubate him. And so I'm like, it'll be fine. Trust me, this, this will be better. And so I started talking to him and that's when he opened his eyes. Um, briefly and looked at me and then she kind of looked at me like whoa what's going on here you know
1: I remember because that.
0: when I started talking to you you opened your eyes and that was day one that was right after the surgery
1: then I don't remember nothing else
0: <laughs> but when they were willing whenever
1: you was around I remember right stuff. but when you wasn't around <laughs> I don't remember a damn right. thing. Well,
0: you remember being wheeled down the hall to get prepared for the surgery. You said that whenever I was talking to you, because you felt like you were fading away. Oh, yeah. And I then remember. I started talking to you. I kept saying, babe, I'm here. You're okay. You're going to be okay. That's
1: what I'm trying to say. When you was around, I remember. When you wasn't around, I don't remember nothing. That's crazy.
0: So, anyway, um, I'm trying not to go too far into the details, but t- but tell... um. I guess maybe tell. We had three main points. I think when it really hit my husband of what all had happened when I went to, um,
1: the angel story.
0: The angel story.
1: Okay, yeah. I remember you telling me that a, a African American lady had came out of the elevator. She mm-hmm. was elderly, mm-hmm. and she looked like she'd been told some bad news. Right. And you looked at her like, can I, can I first, she said, no, you said, can I, can I help you? Mm -hmm. Cause she looked so out of it. And she was, her response was like, I just want to get out of here. Right. And you was like, can I pray with you? And she was like, please. Mm -hmm. Right. So then the nurse came over there to see what was going on. And a Methodist, uh, apparently Fort Worth Methodist. I saw this and it made me cry then. <laughs> it's it's a, like like stained glass yeah, of, of two black angels, no, yeah, two, no, two, two, two white, white angels mm-hmm. and a black angel in the middle. Well, she had just been given some bad news that her mother had the same stroke like I had, but a different one that made a hemorrhage.
0: Her brain was bleeding. Bleeding yeah. from the brain. So let me tell you the setting of that. Yeah. What had happened was my husband was in surgery. When I was sitting there at the waiting area just outside where that stained glass was, I hadn't even noticed the stained glass, but it was actually right by the doors that I exited out of where, where you were having surgery. Um, and I went to sit out in the waiting room and my phone was dying. And so I was, I had my charger and I was looking for the charger and I couldn't find one. And this nurse was walking by and I said, ma'am, um, excuse me, why I picked this lady, whatever. Like there's a hundred people walking through the halls. Why did I pick this one lady? But, but there was something about her. And I was like, ma'am, can you help me find a, you know, is there an outlet in this waiting room? Do you know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to bother you. Cause she looked, cause I was, it wasn't far from the cafeteria. So I think she was probably trying to go eat or something mm-hmm. and So anyway, she comes over there and we, she shows me, she goes, Oh honey, it's over here hidden behind this couch. And so I was like, okay, thank you. And then we just start chatting. I don't know. It was, I don't even remember how we started having a conversation. So come to find out all I know is that it said RN on her badge, come to find out she's a patient advocate for the hospital. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there telling her the story and I told her, I was like, I cannot shake the feeling that, you know, the EMTs should have went faster and like, She's like, well, what's going on now? I was like, I'm waiting on my husband to, you know, come out of uh, surgery. They're going in to try to manually remove the clot. And she was like, oh, honey, oh, my gosh, that's a lot. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, did they say where it was? And I told her and she just kind of got this look on her face like that don't sound, you know, <clears throat> I could tell by her response that it wasn't something that was easy to do. And that's when I started kind of feeling like, oh, crap. But, you know, it's like a, a little bit of waiver to your faith, like, nope, nope. I was screamed at spirit for, you know, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is happening. Like he's going to be fine. And, and so anyway, I was telling her everything. And as I was sitting there talking to her, um, Dr. Fiesta came out, the surgeon mm-hmm. and she looked at me and she goes, do you want me to leave? You know, cause of privacy and all of that. And I said, no, you could stay. Cause I could hear her thoughts. She wanted to know what happened in the surgery. And I was like, no, you're welcome to stay. And Dr. Fiesta came out and he was like, so pumped. He was like, you know here's this and this and this. And he's like flipping through these pictures on his phone of like, you know, the CT from the first hospital to, you know, when he went in and here's, you know, and, and, and I went in and 22 minutes later, I got the clot and he showed this gross picture of like the suction basket where the clot's sitting in there and it's all bloody. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so he gave this really good, He's like, we got it out and look at this. Now the blood flow got restored and he showed all of the blood flowing through the veins in his head. And I was just like, oh my God, that is amazing. Like, I never doubted you. That's how I told him. I never doubted you, doctor. And he was like, he's like, I appreciate that. It's like, he was like, well, he goes now, he goes, you don't need, you not only get to tell your husband you saved his life. I want you to tell him you saved his brain. And I, it, I didn't understand what that meant at the time, you know, because I was like, well, what an odd thing to say. Like, yeah. you didn't just save his life. You saved his brain. And I was thinking, isn't that saving his life? Like, I'm confused. Like, I didn't understand that at the time. Um, and that becomes clear. We'll tell the story about when Dr. Fiesta came to see you because yeah. he actually visited my husband three different times yeah, in the hospital four. here to stay.
1: One, yeah. four.
0: <clears throat> Excuse me. So the only... Kind of crappy thing that he said was at the end, he said, Now there is the possibility of him having a brain bleed after this. And it hit me in my gut when he said it. I just felt it in my gut. It was like, No. Oh my God, no. And it felt like, like scary, no, like it was going to happen. That's how it hit me. In my gut, like, oh my God, that's going to happen, and it was just brief. And I looked at the nurse, and then he was like, "All right, you know, got to go." Blah blah blah. We did, you know. I was like, thanked him again, and he got up and walked off. And I'm just looking at the nurse, and I'm thinking of what my next words are going to be because I felt it in my gut like this is this is going to happen, and I wanted to ask her, "Is there anything we can do about that?" And that's when the elevator deemed,
1: yeah, and I.
0: And the nurse had her back to the elevator and this this um, African American woman comes out. she looks like she's probably like mid 50s, maybe 60 or I, I don't know. she mm. wasn't too much older than me right. And she has been weeping to the point of like complete disorientation. like she you could tell that she's just so confused or I I knew that she was confused. And she comes out and she goes, can somebody please tell me how to get out of here?" And the nurse goes, oh, my gosh, she jumps up over there to go over there to her. And she goes to explain how to get to her car. And that's when I said, ma'am, is there anything I can do? Can I pray with you? Um, And she was like, oh, please. And she just falls into my chest and starts weeping. And so I'm holding her. And then the nurse says, me too, me too. And so there's the three of us in this huddle. It was like this little triangle. And we were just hugged up (laughs) in the middle of the hospital. Um, and I don't even remember. I just remember I was channeling something. I I don't even remember, I, you know, I often don't remember when I'm channeling. I I I don't know what I said. Um, but I remember the end of it because the nurse said, when it kind of snapped me back out of it, the nurse said, I gotta go in my ear. And I was like, That's fine. <clears throat> so the lady stood up and she starts wiping her tears. And I looked at her and I said, you, I said, I don't know if you believe in this. And, and, and again, I'm channeling this because I don't, I don't have any, I, I, I do remember this part, what I was saying. I said, I don't know if you believe this. I said, but my husband just went through, no, I asked her, I said, what, wh- who, what's going on? That's what it was. Cause I had to hear her story, her mom's story first. She said, it's my mother. No, I said, who do you have here in the hospital? She said, it's my mother. She's 88, and they just came and told me that she has a brain bleed, and there's nothing that they can do. And I'm like, whoop whoop whoop! It just all comes together. Spirits like this, 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 that gut punch that I had—that is happening. You know, Doctor Fiestas saying this is the problem. you know, this is the possibility of for your husband now. That's a danger zone. Is a brain bleed. It punched me in the gut like it is happening. And then here comes this lady. And she says her mom has a brain bleed and there's nothing they can do. And then that's when it hit me. And I said, ma'am, I don't know if you believe this. I said, but my husband just got out of a surgery after having a stroke, got transported from another hospital, came here to have the clot manually removed. The doctor literally just walked off saying that The only danger we face now is a brain bleed. And then now you're telling me this. And I don't know if you believe this. I said, but your 80, your, her 88 year old mom, who's been suffering from dementia for years, Mm -hmm. she said, Mm -hmm. uh, I said, I don't know if you believe this, but I think that your mother is giving that life or that, that she's taking the hit for my husband. I don't know how to explain it to you, ma'am. I said, but I know it. I just know it. And she looked at me and literally stopped crying. And she was like, oh my God, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And I said, now you're going to go outside and you're going to tell your brothers. And she was like, wait, how'd you know I need to tell my brothers? I was like, don't worry about that. (laughs) Just, you're going to go outside. You're going to tell your brothers and you're going to carry that strength of your mother because it's already with you because she's leaving. Right. And she's leaving with you everything that she gave you, and she'll never leave you. She's just giving you all of her strength that you need for your human life. And she said, I believe that. I believe that. She kept saying, I believe that. And then this other lady was walking by. I was like, All right. Well, she's going to take you out to your car. I was like, Ma'am, can you show her where such and such parking lot is? I didn't even know what parking lot. How was I supposed to know what parking lot? Spirit said, Spirit said, she's in such and such parking lot. So I said, ma'am, can you take her? Oh, sure, I'm walking that way. So then there she goes, just like a river. It's like she just floated on. And as they walked by, I looked up and saw that stained glass window.
1: I know you took pictures. You still got it on your phone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you didn't I, send I that didn't. send to me. I'm gonna send it to bro. Yeah. And I never realized that whole time when I looked up and it was three angels, it was two white angels and a black angel. And the white angel, uh, it said Angels of Hope. She had a banner, and there was all these names underneath on this banner. Mm. But the the banner itself said Angels of Hope. And it was like, whoa, that's when I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I lost my shit. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, that's just one of the stories. So that was the angel story. Um, He heard me telling... The, one nurse of the nurses when that. I was
1: getting discharged when I was a little frustrated. You were
0: moving. Yeah. From one room to the See, other. No,
1: no. The nurse story isn't it? Um, when I was getting discharged,
0: you were moving from one room to. and the they other.
1: needed to wipe me off.
0: Yeah. You, with that stuff. Yeah. You were moving from cause cause you had three rooms. So you were in the ICU first, then you right. were in a post op room and then you went to a regular Triage. room, regular room,
1: regular room. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so anyway, the next story that you heard, gosh, we're, there's so much to tell and we're so close to time. Should we tell one more story or try to tell all tell, of
1: them? Well, <laughs> the nurse story is pretty much the same thing.
0: Yeah. It was pretty much like I, I was telling the nurse what I was doing. So when he left the, in the, the, the hospital, when I walked outside and called my friend, what most people would probably when most people say that they you know, I was praying so hard, so here's what my prayer looked like i'm 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 walking through the parking lot of the hospital, screaming at the top of my lungs at spirit, and I said, You motherfuckers better do every damn thing that you could possibly do. And I told you at the house, I want the best. And I'm expecting that doctor to be waiting on him when he gets there. And I'm expecting this surgery to go right. Because I tell you what, I've given my fucking life for you motherfuckers. And if you fail me now, I quit.
1: Here's my resignation.
0: (laughs) I'm turning in my two-hour notice. My two-hour notice. You got two hours to get this shit
1: together. Yeah, Two-hour notice.
0: (laughs) Um. Yeah. And I meant it.
1: I didn't see the first time that I heard any of that was you telling that nurse, and I I could have sworn that was when I was about to get released. I guess going to another room, yeah, whatever. And um, to my recollection, um, they was wiping me with alcohol, because they had took out the the I was about to get released to rehab, no. They was wiping me down with all the alcohol that they left behind. They supposed to do three it, of them. It's
0: minor details, but that was a the uh, the stuff because you had a pick line.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So, oh, okay, because right. I had to be off of the. Right. Manital. So I was telling
0: her that story, yeah. and she literally was just like, what? "She was in tears." Yeah,
1: and because- both of us was in tears. I was the first time I fucking heard it too. Well, you know, like, those are things that, the
0: intimate things that like spirits, my BFF. And that's how we talk to each other. Uh,
1: apparently.
0: And I'm like, you know, I'm not putting up with anything less and I'm expecting the best. And, and so Dr. Fiesta. When I got there is the best for you to have. Yeah. When we went in, when I went into triage with you, followed you down that long haul. And I kept saying, babe, I'm here, babe, I'm here. And we went to triage for you to have the surgery. I I was st- sitting there with you and I was telling you, babe, you're gonna be fine. I love you. Your brother loves you. The children love the you. Video you Every- show me. Oh, yeah. I don't
1: even remember that.
0: And that's what's crazy is I never take videos of anything, but I took a Snapchat of this my husband in this like in the worst state of his life.
1: Yeah. I was like, why
0: am I doing this? I couldn't figure it out. But it was like I had to document the journey, but I didn't realize it.
1: Exactly. And
0: so when Doctor Fiesta walked in there, mm-hmm. oh as soon as he walked in, I was like, Oh good spirit. Listen to me. I knew instantly when he walked in, he was the man. He was the man. And he walked up, he's said, Mrs. Ian's. I'm going to, I said, Hey, say no more. I know you're the man. I need you to go do what you do. He paused. He looked at me. He put out his fist. We fist bumped and he jogged behind my husband. The nurses had already taken him back to the room to get him prepped for the surgery. He was coming to tell me what the risk and the The blah, 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 and the procedure, yeah, Yeah. what I'm about to do, shit. And I was like, I I don't need any of that because I already know who you are.
1: (laughs) I know who you are. You are, he is the best.
0: Instant knower. He He walked in and I knew it. And so i found
1: out later. I will reveal that now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we found that best. out.
0: Everybody afterwards, everybody that heard, oh, Dr. Fiesta did your surgery. Oh, Dr. Fiesta. So fast forward. That was the next story that really helped my husband to realize
1: is the and, like
0: spirit was on this whole yeah. thing. Am I, am I lying?
1: No, 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 no. When he came to my room, not once, not two times, not three times, but four times, I'm gonna just start with the one.
0: The last time he came in is the, when I told him the angel story, okay. and when he told you what he told me. Okay,
1: he was showing me all these pictures in his phone, right? And I'm like, "That's gross," but I like it. That's my blood. I'm looking like, "Damn!" And he's flipping through. He's real, real fast.
0: Because at this point, you didn't really realize how bad. <laughs>
1: The situation it was, was. I mean, and he's in the he showed me. He still don't know, <laughs> and this surgeon showed me like a this blood. It looked like somebody got massacred. Mm-hmm. We're doing good on time.
0: Um, we got about five minutes, and then all we right, have to start all right. the recording.
1: <laughs> I'll end with this. He is the best of the best. Mm-hmm. I looked him up. He is the best of the best. I won't say why and i will say this for all y'all listeners that are listening to the sound of my voice all bullshit aside she is the real deal and if this story don't convince you you got problems that's all i'm gonna say i'm just that's all i'm gonna say and i'm not joking i don't go on microphone telling my life's business just for shits and giggles I don't do that. So anything you want to add before I have dinner?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean it is real. Like I uh, it's it's in spirit was involved in every aspect st- aspect. Yeah, yeah. And Dr. Fiesta got to hear that. That was that was kind of the main point of that is one, he came in to really drive it home with my husband because I was having a very hard time. You know, that's part of the stroke, too, is kind of not to to recognize your own deficits. It's it's just something that your brain's doing. And at that point, my husband hadn't really realized the severity of what he had gone through. He was still processing all of that. It was taking time. There's a lot to go through. It is. And so On when Dr. Fiesta sides. came in and was telling from a surgeon standpoint. Yeah, he said. The timing. What? What did you? He said, time,
1: "Time equals brain," and he said, "This is what. He, this is what I mean by that." And that's when he went through the phone, and he said, "Had your wife?" Because I was giving him all the props. He was like, "No, no, no, no. I did the work, but me doing the work, I do it all day long. I'm very passionate about that. But what I have a problem with is the, the time that it takes to get the patient to my table. You were fortunate." I was like you saved my life. I shook his hand. He was like, "No. I saved your life, but your wife saved your brain." And I was like, "What does that mean?" And he was like, "Time equals brain. Where your block was, it was cutting off all the blood flow, all the oxygen. What happens to grass when it's in a drought season and, and there's no water? It dies. Mm-hmm. Your brain would do the same thing and everything it controls, it dies with it." Mm-hmm that hit home. Don't talk me in depth show me and he illustrated that and put caption with it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, for real. He was like, for real. I felt like I was operating on myself. That's what he said that drove it home even more. I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, you know, it's bits and pieces that I remember, but yeah. I do remember that. Right. And that's what motivated me. That I got the best—the best one. Best I looked him up. He is the best.
0: Go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we should probably In round it up. Yeah. At six twenty-two a.m. on March the fifth, I called nine-one-one. That's right. By nine thirty-three, my husband was being wheeled back into surgery.
1: Also correct. Twenty-two
0: <laughs> minutes later.
1: Dr. Fiesta. dr fiesta
0: had removed the quad
1: absolutely
0: and my husband was discharged from both the regular hospital and inpatient rehab hospital which is a secondary hospital you go for intensive rehabilitation yeah in 22 days total he um walked out of there unassisted yeah no walker Hell, no wheelchair none of that. he has use use of both of his arms
1: I'm playing my beard now.
0: (laughs) and his feet.
1: With my left one. I had the stroke on the right.
0: (laughs) And he's amazing everybody every day. Me.
1: I'm not done.
0: Himself. And and he's not. not, No. So we know he's going to make a full recovery within a year. And we've already got a vision that we're going to get up on March the 5th. What's here's what's crazy. Y'all heard the the twenty two, the synchronicities of the twenty two, six twenty two. We called nine one one. Twenty two days later, he got. I mean nine thirty three. Got the the clot out in twenty two minutes. In twenty two days, he was discharged from both hospitals. So in twenty twenty two, it will be our twenty two year anniversary of our wedding. Our Anniversary date is June the fourteenth. However, we have decided after this that on March the fifth, the day of one year anniversary from his stroke, that we will get up, and we will make sure that we're up together watching the sunrise. Yes, we're gonna get up and be up at six twenty-two.
1: I'm already. And we are up. gonna
0: watch. <laughs> we're gonna watch the sunrise together, and we will renew our vows. I wasn't so
1: 2022. that.
0: We're doing it
1: because I. We never I, got to have a real wedding. No.
0: Just, just so y'all know, I don't know if we, we didn't get that far. That was the next story we were going to tell before this stroke happened. We began with our humble beginnings yeah, and then boom, a stroke stroke. happened. Welcome to my world.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) The unexpected, all of the things. Yeah. This is what it's like a day in the life of a spirit channeler folks. Amen. All right. Hey, Love Light, thanks for listening and being a part of the Spirited Unschool as a High Subscriber. Our intention in this podcast is to break through the stigma surrounding psychic connections, fall in love with the mystery within you, and elevate your awareness of our cosmic connection. We are one and you are supernatural. Until next time.